Hello, I'm Phil Smith and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. We're at episode 10 already, can you believe it? And to mark this special milestone, uh, I have assembled possibly the greatest panel that I have yet assembled for the podcast. So we have panellist of the people, Daniel Irvin. Hello again, Phil. Hi, Dan. We have music empresario, Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. Running out of compliments, we have Alex Smith. Always a pleasure. And no, bog out of them, Simon Rickenback. Hi, Phil. So we are in the year 2016. So, boys, what do you remember of 2016? Oh, Phil, huge year. Trump, Brexit, Pokemon Go was launched, uh, Olympics, European Football Championship, Wales got to the semi-final, their, their best performance. Chicago Cubs won the World Series for the first time in over 100 years. I mean, a, a huge year. North Korea launched a re- reconnaissance. So, song number one. Uh, this is from Cyprus. I think it's the first time we're probably covering Cyprus on the podcast. This is from their band Minus One, and the song is Alter Ego. Cypriot rockers there, so we can hand over to just one person, and that is Mini Meyer. Thank you, Phil. So minus one look like the Cypriot Lincoln Park, and the performing in cages, reminiscent of when Spinal Tap get stuck in those alien pods. <laughs> the lead singer, let's call him Billy Ray Cypress, looks like the missing Goss brother. <laughs> the song sounds like it should have been on the FIFA 06 soundtrack. That was a great game. The whole thing feels like, you know, when you go and see a really great band, it feels like the really shit support act that you have to sit through first. (laughs) That £20 that I brought for a T-shirt is going to have to go on beer. I mean, you're not hugely wrong, Minnie, because um, Minus One were basically a Cypriot covers band that uh, decided they wanted to do Eurovision, hired a uh, Thomas Gison, again, the massive Eurovision writer, uh, just to break through for that. And I think they've gone back to covers since. So there we go. Uh, so yes, slight disappointing. Um, so not a huge fan then, Mini. Let's uh, see if anyone else was. Uh, Simon. It's a bit epilepsy does Eurovision, isn't it? Um... There's a lot of flashing lights in a way that I don't think is necessarily uh, entirely helpful to the performance. But I do think it's a good song. Um, oh, what I really like about it is I, I like having different genres at Eurovision. I think it makes the show overall better. Um, you know, when it's not just, you know, this is just another ballad. Um, and I think the staging is really impressive. I think it makes good use of um, what is a, a pretty good um, setup that the Swedes have put on here. I think it's... Uh, throughout the songs they're all pretty impressive which actually raises the bar for 
how to do a good staging. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, overall, I liked it. Good. Uh, Dan, what about yourself? Yeah, I just want to latch on to something that Simon said there. I do feel that that it's nice to have rock music represented here, but I, quite often it's it's let down at Eurovision by lackluster songs. And unfortunately, I kind of think this is one of them. I quite like it, but it's very much like, it's kind of like if Maroon 5 were asked to perform a new theme song for Twilight. It's it's very light. <laughs> it's uh, it's what your nan thinks rock music sounds like. It's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and some of the obvious exceptions to that would be would be Lordy, of course, but they went all out. There's, you know, they were heavy metal and and everything. Whereas this is the staging looks heavy metal. The rest of the song isn't though, really. It's it's quite interesting, especially and and with the Lordy comparison as well. Um, what I suppose gives what gave Lordy the the rock cut through and managed to elevate it to a winner as opposed to anything else was actually a really great. Uh, hook a really great melody that is basically taken straight out of pop music now play it on heavy metal guitars and it, it's a rock song and and this effectively goes to show that the songs aren't hugely all that uh different really uh it's just sort of can be the 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 spin that you put on it um and yeah i mean this song is a, a good i think it's a good song but it is probably a pop song that's just been played on some thrash guitars as opposed to anything else alex haven't really come to you really interested to know that they were a cover band because in my notes i've gone the bald bon jovi can't decide if he's going to rip off bon jovi or franz ferdinand or the red hot chili peppers or the killers as the song goes on i kind of feel like i hear a little riff on the guitar or a little quiver in his voice that sort of sounds like bit of Bon Jovi, bit of Franz Ferdinand. The opening guitar sounds quite a lot like somebody told me about the killers. In, in a few episodes ago, when we were looking at 1998 and the year 2000, we were sort of saying, oh, well, you know, this was a singing competition in later years, it becomes a performing competition. It seems mm -hmm. like for so many entrants this year, in particular, the performance aspect is someone sings and there's a light show. So yeah. it's, it's quite nice to see multiple people on stage some in cages and you know a little bit a bit of smoke you know so a little bit more going on than just oh there's a singer and some crazy lights going on behind them yeah that's that to be fair that's probably a legacy from conchita burst uh, was uh singing and lights between conchita and and mons the year before um it's just people interacting with with video screens and and lights flashing about isn't it uh, right let's move on to everyone's favorite format point it's the do's and nil poise if you're listening for the first time welcome how are you finding it uh i ask each of the panelists to assign one song from our selection of five each week uh, a do's poise and one song their nil poise basically their favorite and least favorite but we've given them eurovision style names so there you go uh anyone want to give this song their do's poise uh, I'm going to surprise people, and I would like to give this my do as well. I think it's sufficiently interesting, sufficiently different. Uh, yeah, if I was, if I had my sort of fantasy Eurovision lineup, maybe I'd pop this one in. No other do's pas. We'll come on to nils. Anyone want to give this their nil pas? No. Okay, it's in the positive for Cyprus at least. Then uh, predictions. So. Here we are. We've got a good spread of songs that we're looking at today. We have one song in fourth place, one song in sixth place, one in 14th, 
one in 21st and one non-qualifier that finished in 14th place in its semi-final. So, um, yes, anyone want to hazard a guess as to where this song placed? Let's go to Mini. Uh, I'm going to say this didn't qualify. <laughs> Simon liked it, therefore it didn't qualify. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Minnie that I don't think it would have done very well. Um, I think the sort of I don't think this is very popular and it's not done as well as something like Lordy. Um, I also think the singer is a bit intense in a sort of trench coat masturbator kind of way. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, and I don't think people are Sorry. like. No, 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 in a trench coat masturbate sort of way, I feel like you need to give a little bit more uh, more detail on that. That was just the vibe I got. I mean, a feeling I get from Simon there is that he hasn't enjoyed any of these songs. I don't know whether it's been a bad week of lockdown for Simon, but uh, I mean, Eurovision 2016 is, is held by many as the high watermark of Eurovision quality. I've picked out five songs and you are basically saying, my favourite one was a sex pest. I, I, I'm not saying he is a sex I don't want to get into any litigious trouble. Um, I'm just saying that he's got that vibe. He's got a sex pest vibe. Okay. Poor Billy Ray Cypress. <laughs> I think it's best that we move swiftly on to uh, to song number two here. Uh, and someone that no one can accuse of being a sex pest, I hope and pray. Uh, this is Polly Genova from Bulgaria and her song, If Love Was a Crime. On one side of her head and light up shin pads it means we can go to just one man daniel irving thank you phil so the stage opens with an ill-advised close-up in which we get to see what polly had for breakfast this morning some kind of spinach or something like that and it's not very nice um the song itself i think it's very average uh, the lyrics if love was a crime then we would be criminals implying simply that we do love because that makes us criminals um, you know, I thought there might be some go for something a bit, bit harsher. Um, we'd be sentenced for life. Uh, they'd have to electrocute us, or maybe even Channel Four would commission a documentary about us. But not we. We would be criminals. <laughs> anyway, where where I do have a soft spot for this one though is in the staging, and specifically Polly herself, the the, the costume she's wearing. I think it's what in the military they would call disruptive camouflage. So there's creating angles in places where there's actually not no angles in real life. And with the various shots and choreography, it makes for something quite interesting to watch. She just sort of appears to change shape in various forms. So interesting to watch, but for me, not very interesting to listen to. Slightly damning from Dan on his introduction there. Uh, let's see if we can find some different thoughts in the room. Shall we try Mini Maya? Yeah, I think I agree with Dan in that it's more visually interesting than musically interesting. And the lyrics are meaningless. If love was a crime, then we would be criminals. I mean, you could say 
you could say you could say if my socks were hedgehogs then my feet would hurt i mean it's just meaningless <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> alex <laughs> Uh, I, we, the Eurovision is suffering a Lorene hangover, I think, where a lot of nations are trying to replicate that Euro club vibe. Um, I kind of feel like that, you know, you, you could be sort of bobbing along to this at sort of, you know, half past midnight at some beach party um, on, you know, Mykonos or somewhere like that. You know, it's got that kind of summertime European club, uh, night nightclub feel to it um it, it it's it's all right and i was sort of watching and thinking well you know we spoke last week or the week before about having the anchor what what's what are people going to remember about this one that makes them pick up the phone when when they do the recap and you've you've got the telephone numbers at the end of it all to to vote for your favorite what's 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 the anchor was going oh there's the anchor her outfit lights up uh and for that i would imagine it's probably just about strong enough with a bit of intrigue and the fact she's got light up shin pads that it probably did quite well i'm kind of not with you on the light up costume i think um i think it's a it's a great idea but the moment she came on stage i was like all oh, right that massive earring is definitely gonna light up and then you see the rest of it and you're like okay it is it's all gonna light up but i really don't think they make the best use of it i think like what that wanted was a completely black stage when her lights come on and then to for like for her to do some dancing that makes the it look like you know the lights are moving around and, and you don't really get that it just it lights up and she content it continues as normal and the back's still doing the same thing i just didn't i wanted more from it i guess is what don't I'm get thinking. me wrong i think it looks rubbish and the light <laughs> show going on behind her dwarfs her frankly puny effort of lighting up because there's so much light and colour going on behind her with the screen. Um, but in terms of the Eurovision viewer, I mean, they're going to look at that and go, oh, yeah, she's the singer that, that had her outfit that lit up. Um, I think it's a pretty strong anchor and a pretty unique anchor point to have. That's that's all I, all I meant by that. I don't think it looks very good, though. I, I agree with you. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit lacklustre compared to the rest of the fucking light show that goes on in Eurovision 2016. Right. Shall we come on to, to do's and nil poise? Any doozes out there? Yeah, I'm going to give it my Irlande doos point. And it's the Tron-style outfit which just edges it. Like Alex was saying, it's the one thing that I can discern from this entry that makes it pop a little bit more than the others. Fair enough. And Nilpois, any nils? No. Okay. Predictions. Let's come to Mr. Dan Irvin. Where do you think this song comes out of these selections? Yeah, I think I think so far I've been quite harsh on this song, really, compared to what my overall thinking of this song is. I'd have said this was an upper mid-table song, which I guess would be... Uh, I'll go sixth. Sixth. Fair enough. We shall move on to song number three. And this is a personal favourite of uh, one of the groups. This song was included on special request from Alex Smith. This song comes from France, and their entry in 2016 was Amir, with his bilingual classic, J'ai Cherché.
C'est quand on n'y croit plus du tout Qu'on trouve un paradis perdu en nous That was Amir, and so I hand over to Alex. Thank you, Phil. Um, so here, a quintessentially attractive Frenchman sings about how much he's been looking for someone to make him feel strong. Um, and given that context, it's difficult to know what's not to like. It's a it's a great song. It's it's one of my favourite Eurovision songs. It's it blends his native French and English. English, of course, at this point in Eurovision, we've discussed the rule change, yeah. uh, the the language of preference. And, you know, we'll get on to predictions shortly. I, I won't say too much more. I think this performs at a pale compared to how strong the song sounded in its studio version. The studio version of this song is amazing. I think possibly overdoing it through rehearsals. Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, but France were the overwhelming favourite. Maybe not overwhelming, but they were the favourite, if I recall, for 2016 or, or so. Yeah, not overwhelming. I think going into going in, it was sort of neck and neck them and Russia. Uh, Were the so it was it was looking like a two horse race going into the week. Uh, Mm. And Sergei Lazarev, you're the only one. I think this performance sounds very tired, and he even looks quite tired and quite exhausted throughout. And that unfortunately means that he's performing at no better, I would say, than a B plus for what was. I think an A plus song if you listen to yeah. the studio version is bloody brilliant. The studio version. Yeah, uh, I I fully agree with Alex. Uh, this is uh, this was absolutely my favourite song coming into 2016. Watching it back for this, I at the time I I don't think I realised how poorly it was performed. Uh, I knew the staging wasn't great. Uh, I mean, they do some interesting things with, again, with the video screens and them sort of soaring through space, which doesn't really fit in with the song. But anyway, uh, but the staging, I don't think anyone's saying it's groundbreaking staging. If this song were to have won, it was the song and the song alone. Uh, but yeah, they piss around with the song a little bit and the the format of the song. Uh, they piss around with the key and the notes a little bit. I'm wondering whether, he, as you Alex suggested, maybe his vocals were tired and he was struggling. Um, yeah, it just doesn't perform it great, but it is a real disappointment. A bit like um, Francesco Gabbani and Occidentali's Karma. It just doesn't quite pull through on the final stage, which is really disappointing. Uh, Mini? I'm not surprised Alex loves this song. It's a sleazy Frenchman rocking River Island's finest. <laughs> I don't think I've ever worn anything from River Island for stars. He's also, fun fact about Amir, uh, fully qualified and practising dentist, or at least he was at the time. Explains why it's a bit like pulling teeth. (laughs) Um, No, um, yes, fair enough. Sorry, I'm just filling time. (laughs) But also, without question, one of the best French entries for a very, very long time. So, uh, Dan, what did you make of it? Yeah, I liked it. I agree with a lot of the points that Alex made there. Um, I did think he was a bit of a walking cliche of an attractive Frenchman. Um, I half expected him to pull out a, a baguette and start singing the Flight of the Cockles song, um, which he didn't, but thankfully he actually sang a song that I think was better. So uh, I enjoyed the transitions from English to French. And uh, overall, it was quite slick, quite nice. Yeah, I, I, I think this... I think Je Cherche is probably the best exponent of a bilingual song that we've ever seen at Eurovision. 
I think it's really slick in between the two languages. Really, really well done on that front. Uh, Simon, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I basically agree with everything that's been said. I, I hadn't sort of come across the studio version, so I, I kind of thought, oh, it's, it's not a bad song, but it's not very well sung, uh, and the staging doesn't do it for me. Um, particularly the bit where he lands on the moon, um, that is particularly bad. You, you do want it better, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> do's poise. Any do's poise in the room for uh, Amir? Yes, I'm going to give this my do's poise. Um, I like it. It's slick and it's it's pretty pretty nice. Um, and I'll be seeking out the studio version tomorrow. So um, yeah, do's poise. Do Dan can strongly recommend studio version. It is. When it comes on on my phone when I'm driving, it is a put the windows down and belt out this uh, absolute tune. Big fan of this one. Uh, any nil pois? We haven't on the first two songs. Is someone going to break the duck here? I am going to break the duck. This is my nil pois. Uh, that is probably quite strongly influenced by the fact that while I was watching the videos, my girlfriend said, oh, he's pretty hot. <laughs> so, yeah, nil pois. <laughs> Uh, and Predictiones. This song obviously comes from the Big Five, so it can't be the non-qualifier, but where do we think this came? Let's go straight back to Simon. Where do you think this finished? Fourth, I think. Um, I know I hate it, but um, as you say, it was the favourite. Maybe Europe likes it. Fair enough. Possible we've given the game away a little bit in the wider discussions. So I shall pretend that hasn't happened and move swiftly on to uh, our second uh, second time performer at Eurovision. I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, Bulgaria's Polygenova had previously performed at Eurovision in uh, Eurovision 2011. And similarly, Iceland's Greta Salome has also previously performed at Eurovision. She performed as part of a duet in 2012 with Yonsi, uh, and they finished in 20th place then which uh, was seen as a little bit of a disappointment for the song. So uh, here she has returned in 2016 on her own with her song, Hear Them Calling. Leather, howling, and a light show. She is so on brand for 2016. Let's give it over to Simon to talk us through the action. This year, Iceland have entered an interpretive dance, which is designed to describe a series of the kids' TV game show, Raven. It's a really good effort, this one. Um, they've gone for like a lone woman singing, which is, I, I think can be quite risky um, because it's not always that interesting. Um, but I think they've managed to integrate her into the stage really well um, and it looks at times almost like a studio performance rather than a live show um, because they of the interaction they've got with the screen is so perfectly done and so well timed there seems like at one point she appears to crumble and disappear and then comes in from an unexpected side of the screen so um, well i think it's really well done um, 
I think I also think she's she's probably the best singer tonight as well in terms of her voice. I, mm. I was lis- listening with headphones uh, uh, just before we start recording, and I was just thinking, God, this she really is actually very good. Yeah. No, she's she's excellent. Um, big fan. That's why she's on the list. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, let's try Alex. Any thoughts on this one for us? Yeah, like you've already flagged. Uh, you know, cracking dance routine. Great use to the light show. Probably the most impressive use of the light show, actually, with the hands that come out from behind, the smoke, uh, the bats, the way that they, uh, she interacts with them. Um, you know, it's all a bit. Uh, uh, it's, it's not quite gothic, but it's a little bit gothic. You know, they're sort of. You know, she's singing, can hear them calling. So this kind of sinister yeah. tone to it. You know, bit she's in, a bit harrowing. Yeah, she's engaging with the underworld. Is that what you think? I see. I see it more as a sort of. Uh, the voices in her head maybe like um i hear them calling me i hear them whispering and she's sort of all that sort of batting away that she does with the screen i feel i feel like it's more of a sort of um mental health ish sort of vibe if that makes sense i, I mean I, I i wasn't initially saying or thinking that it was you know her engaging with the dead but i mean rather <laughs> she's engaging with something that's not the here and now and that's done yeah. really really well but that is ruined and made completely, it's going to use the I word, it made completely incongruous by the fact it's done with this ridiculously follow the sheep Euro dance number. Um, I can't help but feel like if this was a little bit more like Loreen if, from Melody Festival in 2017, which I realise is a year away from this particular <laughs> performance, but still, you know, if, if it was sort of done with that more intense kind of ballad style of oh you know that, that sinister harrowing kind of feel to it you'd be like oh wow that was quite powerful instead it's okay interesting light show and but paired up with this weird kind of euro dance number didn't like it interesting uh dan uh yeah so this, this went very very strong on the on the imagery side um and i initially it gave me vibes of of Lorene, uh, euphoria Lorene, actually not the not the the late the one that comes later statement um uh, and then when the, 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 there's birds at some point so obviously this is a massive ripoff of of anouk so <laughs> i wasn't happy with that um <laughs> uh yeah i just i was quite surprised that alex didn't call it really fucking creepy because that's what i thought it was <laughs> i refrained from calling it really fucking creepy i'll, I'll go I'll go as far as creepy but i'll refrain from going as far as really fucking creepy because the song is frankly quite an upbeat dance number. Yeah, quite upbeat, and she's and she's very pretty. So how creepy can it be? So Please. here we have Milfy Britney Spears. <laughs> or, <laughs> no, who's she more like? Here, here we have Milfy Anastasia. Milfy Raven from Raven. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, poids. No. Ooh. I am shocked. Really like this one. Uh, any nilpois? Phil, this is going to get my nilpois. It's fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> predictions. Uh, Dan. Oh, this is a tough one to place. I think it's a mid-tabler 14th. Okay. Mini, how about you? I'm going to say sixth. I think they'll like the way it looks like she's under attack in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> right. Okay. Song number five. Now, there wasn't a lot of novelty songs at Eurovision 2016, 
which was, was great for the musical integrity of the show, but maybe less great for creating the podcast. So there's no novelty song in slot number five tonight. Instead, we have Hovi Star from Israel with his song Made of Stars. So yes, there we have Israel's Hovi Star, who uh, somehow is an even camper Adam Lambert, <laughs> uh, dressed all in black with some extra stars shimming around him. Um, in many ways, it's a quintessential uh, Eurovision act because he's uh, singing a ballad. He's got circus performers behind him. In this case, they're on one of those big spinning wheel things, which later lights up and sort of does a gyro arty thing, which is quite impressive. Um, he's got a light up floor in the theme on stars. At least it's on brand. We can give it that. Uh, Hovi stars. It's a it's a big rousing ballad. Uh, and you know what? It's not usually my style, but I think he pulls it off well. I think it's uh, big bold arena spectacle so many pyrotechnics falling from the ceiling you won't see anything else for days um yeah give him credit where it's due it's a catchy ballad and you don't have too many of those uh let's hear from mini maya what do you make of this one i thought it was a dirge i mean it's a moby title isn't it we are all made of stars but this was Mopey, rather Moby. <laughs> Simon, you were laughing. I mean, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm not a hula hoop fan in this thing. I, I, I think it, like Bulgaria, it sort of, I wanted it to do more. I wanted it to be more involved and more spectacular than it was, really. Um, okay. maybe, maybe they could have been more of them, but I don't think they used their full allocation of people on the stage. Maybe get two of them going. Have like a, a Beyblade style thing, maybe, where they just sort of crash. <laughs> How expert are you in hula hooping, Simon? I feel like to sort of spin <laughs> without falling over for the three and a half minutes is probably probably still quite impressive. I, I feel like you might be asking a bit much of them to do more. Can I can I just can I just stress at this point? It is not a hula hoop for anyone that's not watching along. It's one of those giant sort of circus rings where you are basically the Vitruvian Man spinning in all directions it's not a hula hoop hula hooping for three minutes would still be quite impressive and i would like to see it on the Eurovision stage but i don't think hula hooping for three minutes is that impressive anyway um all right yeah. Simon, i'd love Simon, to see you, you hula hoop yeah you've not yeah, oh, come on bro Billy big bonus there no yeah. it's not that impressive to hula hoop oh, for three minutes come on then show us yeah but, uh, probably no one wants to see that no, no, everyone wants to see that, Simon. I, I, I speak for everyone that's listening to the podcast, everyone we ever went to school with, um, everyone that you've ever worked with. Absolutely everybody wants to see you hula hoop for three minutes. There we go. That's another item for the Christmas DVD. Yeah. 
fine, but you better believe it's getting Eye of the Tiger on in the background. <laughs> right, anyway, um, back to the song. Simon, you weren't impressed with the non-hula-hooping rotational artists yeah. in the background. I thought he's, he's a good singer, um, and he's I've managed to get incredibly sparkly gloves. Um, mm. But I did think... I didn't. I didn't feel the song was very genuine, um, which is a bit of a non-comment, really. But I just, I just didn't. I didn't believe what he was trying to sell me in terms of his, his sort of strength of feeling. Who haven't I come to, Alex? Yeah, uh, it's it's a really well put together song to be honest with you. It, it it does, I think, pretty much everything you could ask of a Eurovision song. Um, it's a great ballad, as you said right at the beginning there, Phil. It's sung very well. He hits a key change. Great use of the lights, um, you know, with the low lighting in the rest of the arena and everyone else with their phones out as well. That looks fantastic. Obviously, you know, when your name is Hovi Star and you're singing a song called Made of Stars, you're going to probably ask that the audience do stick up their phones to create that kind of illusion of being in the middle of the night sky. If he was called, like, Hovi Cheese... Would it be called Made of Cheese? Yeah. And his outfit would be covered in cheese? <laughs> nobody nobody seemed to have noticed at the time, but when we covered Ace Wilder, she sang about being a wild child, and nobody batted an eyelid. <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought up my my future fiancé, Ace Wilder, once again. Um, yeah, no, she, she did sing about being a wild child. This is true. Eponymously titled songs are are quite the vogue and I'm I'm a big fan of them. So there have been a, a lot of songs tonight which I think the lyrics are quite questionable but um, We Are All Made Of Stars is almost certainly the most questionable yeah. of them. I don't understand how we are supposed to be made of stars. So I had this discussion at home with Paige, my, my partner who is a fan of the show and a qualified biology teacher. So I had this discussion and I, I hypothesised to her that plants might be made of stars because they photosynthesise. We have high quality discussions here. Um, but she quite rightly put me in my place by pointing to our dinner and saying simply, the chicken isn't made of the oven. Okay. <laughs> I'm on the National History Museum website and it says stars that go supernova are responsible for creating many of the elements of the periodic table, including those that make up the human body. So what you're saying is we are made of stars. I can answer every quiz question from now on with the word star. I think you need to be specific. You need to say it's made of star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like what is X made of? I can just put stars. And that, stars. That yeah, yeah. It'll be a weird quiz question. What are X made of? But um... <laughs> X as in, you know. Oh, X. Okay. Still, I mean, weird quiz question. But um, I, I guess we'll move on to Sadu's nil pois. There's still quite a lot of... I don't feel like we've had a lot of do's and nil pois from you today, so I'm guessing there must be a fair few left on this last song. Do's Yeah, Phil, this is going to get my do's pois. I think of all the songs on the night, this was one of the best put together and also one of the best delivered. I might have given it to France uh, based on their studio version, as discussed, mm-hmm. but I think uh, on the... The, the on the night performance, as it were, was just slightly stronger with Israel. Fair enough. I think I agree with you probably on that front. Um, Nil Poise in the room. Shall I go to Mini? Yeah, this is getting my Nil Poise. I found Hovis Tar to be stale. <laughs> Dan, I still think we're waiting on a Nil Poise from you. 
Yeah, I, I didn't much like this. It does rescue a little bit for me in the second half with the key change, but the level of emotion that Hovey puts into this performance isn't actually matched by the quality of the song that he's performing. So it's a bit of a bit of an obvious mismatch there, which I think Simon might have already touched on. Um, so yeah, nil for me. Okay. Predicciones. Uh, let's try the one person that didn't give it either a do's or a nil point, Simon. Yeah, I think uh, Hovi's star will be Hovi far away from the top of the table. You had the temerity to insult some of the que- the jokes being made earlier. Uh, I don't bring good content, but I do fill time. <laughs> uh, and on that note, as this is our 10th anniversary episode... Uh, Please, if you would ever like to feature on the podcast in the future, please write in. We are looking to replace one of our panellists. Uh, write in to Eurovision in Isolation, 1 Europe Street, London, UK. We um, write in, people. Um, if we can get someone to replace me, then I can, you know, finally get on with my life. Also, be quick if you are writing in, because London won't be on Europe Street for very long. <laughs> if it is now, even. Uh, humour. Um, <laughs> That's my favourite of your catchphrases. <laughs> well, uh, humour. Right, uh, let's go from the bottom. The non-qualifier was Iceland. And no way. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a lot of outrage. Like, people were really up in arms in the Eurovision community at that one. Poor, poor Greta Salome. I, I have a lot of time for her. Uh, next up, worst of the finalists was Cyprus. Minus one, they came in 21st place. Simon, you're not doing very well at this point. I generally don't. No, no, no. You're not man of the people like Dan is, you see. Mm. Uh, 14th was Israel and Hobie Star. Uh, 6th was France and Amir with Shishoshi. Meaning our top performing uh, song of the night in fourth place was Bulgaria, Polygenova, with If Love Was a Crime. Um, no one's out now, sort of tapped into the European public's mood there, but Minnie, uh, you gave your 12 points to, to the best song. So on that basis alone, I shall uh, crown you the winner of tonight's podcast. Light up shin pads. What more do you need? I thought you were just going to leave it there. Your your winning statement was just going to be, light up shin pads. That's how I say goodbye now. Yeah. Light up shin pads. <laughs> That's, it, it sort of sounds a bit like cheer up, sweetheart, really, doesn't it? <laughs> light up shin pads. <laughs> so that was uh, Eurovision 2016. Of course, eventually it was won by Jamala with her historical uh, raid song of... Uh, 1944 so next year they will be heading off to Kiev in Ukraine but and everyone join me in saying this but not on this podcast on this podcast next time around we are off to Dusseldorf in Germany for Eurovision 2011 now a few people would describe it as a classic year but it is the last known sighting in Eurovision circles of our favourite man, Stefan Raab. And uh, there are some 
curious performances, which we shall explore next week. So on that note, I shall say it's goodbye from all my lovely panellists. Goodbye. 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 Light up shin pads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, humour. Thank you.